Hello everybody and welcome to the first official episode of A Peculiar People, a podcast hosted by me, Robert Harkelroad, exploring the many quirks and oddities of those around us. For our first episode, I have a very special person joining us. We all know him, we all love him, Matthew Halverson. Please say hello, Matt. Hello. It's wonderful having you here. It's a pleasure to be here in my office. I do love being in your office. It's quite a wonderful place. Uh, how's your day going so far? Good. No, that's I had, a, re- had a camp meeting today. Oh, that sounds very fun. So, Matt, uh, the purpose of this is to try and explore the people that we know, that who we always have kind of noted have Pe- being a bit Peculiar people. Peculiar, yes, and explore what kind of brought them to this current state in life. So I prepared... A few questions for you that I hope will maybe answer some of those questions on people's minds. Peculiarity is not something you come to. It's something you're born with. You know, we could go into the nature versus nurture argument of it, but, I mean, I think either way, this will be quite an enlightening interview, and I'm really glad to have everyone here listening to us, and I think it will be very good progress. So the first thing I wanted to ask you is that you're very devout in your faith. I mean, you're a pastor to begin with, you know, you've talked about it being a big part of your life for as long as you can remember. So I just wanted to quickly ask, you know, what kind of brought you into it? Because, I mean, obviously you grew up in a, you know, a very uh, believer-filled home and everything, you know, from speaking with your father. He was really involved in everything as well. But at what point did you really see it as something more than just like what your parents did? And then what brought you to really have it blossom inside of you? Was well, You're right. I was raised in a Christian home, so it was something that it was always a part of my life. But it was when I was a junior in high school that it became my life. Where it was, this is something I'm doing. It's not what my parents are doing. I'm going to follow Jesus no matter what is going on in, in the rest of my life because my life is going to be devoted to Christ. And so that happened as a result of a whole bunch of different things. But ultimately it was seeing that this is what I needed to do. It wasn't just something I was raised to do. It was I needed to follow Christ, which everybody needs to follow Christ. Yes, it is very true. But So it was just kind of like a few things really came together and led you into that direction. Was there any sort of possible um, influences or anything that brought you to that state? Yeah, a big part of it was during that time, um, I was 17, and my mom was in the hospital. And and so there was a, a period of time where there was a lot of uncertainties in my life, and I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know if my mom was going to pass away. I didn't know... I was staying at my friend's house with my brother and my sister was staying at my aunt and uncle's house and it was finals week at school during that time. So there was just all these kind of, I just didn't know what the future held. And so I realized during that time, I experienced the peace of God during that time and I recognized that it didn't matter what happened in my life, but that I was meant to follow and love and obey and and live for Christ no matter what happens. And so that's when I realized like that's the most important thing. Everything else, the ups and downs of life, they'll come and go. But what what doesn't change is, is what Christ means and what he's done and who he is and my need to follow him. So, mm-hmm. 
And I know that um, you've spoken about a youth pastor that you had previously. He's the one that kind of set you on this track. During that time, was he kind of uh, influenced and really finalizing this decision for you, would you say? Yeah, he was somebody that just emulated what it means to be a follower of Christ and to love God's Word and to to just... He was just a godly example in my life during that time in high school, those formative years, so... Yeah, I looked to him as an example, and so he he was a an important role in my discipleship. So yeah. So uh, prior to that, then um, was your faith kind of something that you just felt that you went along with and everything you know during your years of middle school and stuff? Because from the stories that you've told, it's still something that you actively tried to pursue, but it was really something that you just took a hold of and made your yeah, own. Yeah, it was, it was, I still loved Jesus before I was a junior in high school. It wasn't like I was, I had this radical life transformation. I was mm-hmm. a Christian. Mm-hmm. I, I believed in Jesus and I followed him and I read my Bible, but it wasn't until that, those, that period of time when I was 17 that everything kind of clicked and I realized this is not just my upbringing this is who I am I am a Christ follower so wow that is really incredible to hear so then after high school you ended up going to college in Chicago correct yeah well that was like after high school I went to community college for Mm -hmm. two years and then I worked for a year and then I went to college in Chicago oh okay during that time where you worked were you working with your father I worked uh... with my dad for a while as a carpet cleaner and then I was a painter working for my friend's dad oh okay so then what kind of called you to go because you know clearly Southern California going over to you know Illinois and Chicago that's a that's a big that's a big change and everything you know so what really called you to going there because well, I'm sure there was other yeah, Bible a, colleges in California and true. everything. There's a whole bunch of different things. First, when I was in high school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life and vocationally. And so I was going to a community college, playing volleyball one summer. And I was like, I'm going to play college volleyball. And this is what I'm going to do, at least for now. And I didn't know what I was going to do career-wise. And then uh, in order to do the summer league thing I was doing... I was missing out on serving in junior high ministry right out of high school. And so uh, there was like, I I thought I loved volleyball, but I realized like I would much rather be serving in youth ministry right now. And so that was kind of the first like, oh, this is what I'm meant to do. And Mm -hmm. so that's when I decided I was going to pursue Bible school. And so I went to community college just to get my general ed out of the way. And, and so then I, I knew what I was doing. And then, um, I worked to save money to pay for school. And so that was another factor of why Chicago, because at Moody they have tuition paid school where donors and alumni pay for the students to go. So I didn't have any tuition mm-hmm. when I was in Chicago. So that was a big factor of my choice to go there. And it's a good school. Mm-hmm. For- yes, yes, it's all extremely wonderful to hear. So then this was a big uh, part of my you know repertoire that I had for you today is that so, grew up in Southern California, then went to Chicago, Eastern Washington of all places. That's kind of a bit strange. So, what exactly led you to hop from those two places, you know, because maybe it might have been your plan, you know, maybe go back home, start something, or maybe go somewhere new. And in which case, what exactly led you to working here where now all the listeners know you as you? Uh, Chicago. I mean, that's really because... Uh, I went to Moody Bible Institute in Chicago, and Spokane used to have Moody Bible Institute Spokane. Mm-hmm. They still have the aviation here. Um, but when I was a pl- 
applying for positions, I had my resume in with Moody, mm-hmm. and churches would go look through Moody's resumes, and this church here in Spokane was looking through all of the the applicants and and people's resumes that have been alumni from Moody Chicago and Spokane, and so that's how we ended up connecting that way is is just through their job placement. So you were just such a stellar applicant in comparison to everyone else that New Creation Fellowship just noted you and took a liking to you and sought you out specifically. Well, not exactly. It's I I ticked a lot of boxes for them Mm -hmm. because they had kind of their profile of what they were looking for, and so they had they were looking through all these applicants Mm -hmm. and saying, "Hey, look, this guy meets all these applicants. He's the right age. He has a degree. He's looking to." like find a place where you settle down and he can kind of grow into the position here. And so I I fit a lot of those, those check boxes for him. And so that's kind of how I rose to the top of the pile. It really is wonderful hearing about how uh, all of God's plans and everything come together to bring us to where we are now. So my next question for you is that, um, you know, through your academics and everything, you've always had a, it seems you've always been interested in learning things. We're sitting in your office right now, which is surrounded by all of your books. And after speaking with your father, I was curious: is your apparent love and interest of taking in knowledge and processing it was that something that you just kind of maybe grew into with time, or is it something that you're kind of born with and have always found interesting? Oh, that's a, I don't know. I've always been a reader, so I, so in that sense, it's something I've always done is read. Mm-hmm. Um, and as the older I get, the more boring the books I read. So, mm-hmm. so it's just something that's always kind of been with you, and you think always kind of will be with you. It's just a natural part of yeah, and I'll how your brain's wired. More boring books that I don't find boring, but everybody else would just would die to read i don't think you're very because they read them well one of your books over there that i read it was a guide to uh campgrounds and actually the state of idaho it's a very fascinating one highly recommend is this this is my favorite book here oh is it really yeah you gotta check that one out if only our audience could see that one oh wow this is a very fascinating one if only they really could yeah just like how if only they could see johnny dance yes well, it's been very wonderful hearing about how it kind of brought you up and everything. So now that we have a better picture, maybe, of how you got to where you are now and your upbringing and how you were raised and everything, I want to ask, looking back on it, because, you know, uh, many of our listeners are younger and everything, is there anything that you maybe wish that you could have done differently in all of your plan? Mm, I don't think so. Really? You're very pleased where it's all taken you and everything? Well, I think that's, uh, yeah, I don't have any regrets. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm not perfect, but I think when you follow the Lord and rely on Him to guide your steps, then it's you. you there's nothing to be like, oh, I wish I didn't do that, or I wish I'd done it differently. So that really is incredible to hear. So now moving forward, um. I noticed that you have quite an intimate relationship with your interns. You know them very well. They, they you know, come to you for uh, anything that they might need and vice versa and everything. And you even appeared on their wonderful The Interns podcast for a special episode, which I was a big fan of, by the way. 
So I wanted to quickly run through a kind of pick your intern segment where <laughs> I'm going to say something and you're going to tell me between Noah, Caleb, and Johnny, which one would you go for assistance on the matter? Does that sound good? We'll see. All right. If your van was having trouble, was making a sputtering sound, it's trying to start up and everything, it runs for a little bit and then it shuts off, which intern would you go to first for assistance? Caleb. And why Caleb? Because of his dad. Is his dad a mechanic? Yes. Oh, so would it be that Caleb knows about it or that you would go to Caleb because of his connection to his dad? Hmm, probably both. <laughs> All right. Mo- mostly his dad. Mostly his dad. That, that's fair. You know, it, it's all about the, the networking yeah, that yeah. you have. Yeah, yeah. All right. Let's say, um, you know, nice anniversary. You're able to get the kids out of the house. Your parents are watching them. You and Aaron want to go somewhere for a nice dinner, okay? Classy place, somewhere where you can both enjoy. Which intern would you go to for a recommendation on a dinner spot? Oh, that's an easy one. All three of them because I have four kids and it. Yeah. Really? Really? All three Although Caleb did recently watch my kids. Well, well, not only that, but which one would you ask for where you should go to actually oh, 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 eat? Oh, good question. Probably Johnny or Noah. Johnny or Noah, and then why is that? Well, because Johnny knows places. He just yeah. knows. He, yeah. He's got that mind. Noah, he, he has the places he likes to go, mm-hmm. which aren't always bad. It's just... He's a man of routine. Johnny, he's got some... You know, I still haven't tried the trash can nachos he's been telling me about. <laughs> So Noah is definitely the specialist in how he knows his places yeah, if quite I wanna well. I want to know where to get just plain old food. I know where to ask. Uh-huh. And that would be Noah. Uh-huh. But then if you're like maybe want to reach out to something new or something, you definitely yeah. go to Johnny just yeah. because of his wider, more versatile knowledge on the matter. Yeah. Wonderful. And Caleb doesn't like to eat at nice places because he's on a budget. Oh, okay. so you know. Oh. Which I understand. I am too. But if I was going somewhere nice. Exactly. You know, it's a big evening. Mm -hmm. Now, let's say if, you know, you're looking to get into day trading or something, you know, looking at the stock market, GameStop shooting up through the roof, you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and you want to get in on this, which intern would you go for for assistance on getting that up and off the ground? Probably none of them. (laughs) And why do... All of them just fail to meet the requirements of what you would look for in an advisory role in that regard. Well, because they're in Bible school. <laughs> uh, yeah. Really? Go to like somebody that knows that stuff. That's it's not very... that they don't have any knowledge of it. It's just. If it was your own money on the line, that's something where you might draw the line. You want actual professionals assisting yeah, you with that. Yeah. That's, that's a very good point. All right. Medical assistance. Okay. A man just <laughs> oh, shot this is an you. Easy one. A man just shot you, Matt. Okay. You're bleeding out. You're, you were running towards your van and someone just decided to do one of the worst things that could possibly happen. Who would you call for help in that? Johnny. Moment? And why Johnny? Because he has the ability to choke people to life and give leg compressions. I don't know if it would help or not, but he also can call 911 well. And as far as you know, none of the other interns have any sort of medical background. I've never heard of them choking anyone to life, so. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. All right, final one. Well, actually, there's this. Johnny has taught many people to do leg compressions, so that's maybe not as. That's a good point. All right, final one. This was kind of like a two for, well, many for one combo, okay? Your house just went through a hurricane all right it's just has all these problems you know 
panels are torn off of the side of it, shingles are ripped off, you know, carpets in dismay. Which intern would you come to help you with all just, you know, the labor part of it with trying to put everything back to the way it was? Oh, that's a good question. Either Any of them. But, you know, Johnny has some secret skills that I'm learning day by day, like uh-huh. his ability to solder things. That's true. He did solder all those XLR connectors yeah. yesterday, didn't he? So, he, he cold soldered a few of them, but overall it was... He did much better than I did and much better than Noah did, so... Yeah, he is very talented. So it sounds like Johnny is one of the most versatile... He is the oldest. He's had the most life experience. You know, that is true. I actually often forget that Johnny is the oldest. I don't know why, but I always see Noah as being the oldest in my mind. Noah's the youngest. I know. It makes it quite strange, isn't it? Yeah. Hmm. So, I I have some other questions for you. So, looking at um, your interns, still evolving the interns, looking at the interns and everything... Which one would you say kind of reminds you the most of yourself? Kind of in the path that they're going, the track that they seem to be projected on. Which one do you kind of look at and see the most of you in them? Oh, I don't know. They're all, they're they're very unique. They're their own peculiar people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And don't worry, we have episodes coming on each and every one oh, of good. them. I look forward to that. <laughs> but what, do any of them kind of remind you of a younger Matthew in well, a way? I've known them all long enough that I've rubbed off on them. So in some ways, yeah, the, a mm-hmm. lot of them, all of them, in certain ways. Because mm-hmm. people often uh, kind, of, kind of see Noah as almost like a protege of yours in some ways, you know? I mean... He'll drive you to and from Bible study sometimes, and vice versa. Noah is more intelligent than I am. Really? That's high praise, I feel like, considering you have such a high-functioning brain yourself. Well, uh, I have just the most life experience out of the three of them. Uh Uh-huh, but Noah just has like that raw mental horsepower. he's, He's smarter than I am. Oh, that's very, very interesting. So, coming back to the day trading question then, because that one just made me laugh over and over, typing up to hear your response. If you had to pick one of them, you know, if you could only, would it maybe be Noah who you would go well, to? Well, sure, yeah, because, you know, he, he's been known to spend a dollar on a, a stock here and there. Oh, really? Has yeah. he now? Well, that's very interesting. I think he's got a whopping, like, $4 in the stock market or something like that. Oh, wow. That is very interesting. Which is significantly more than any of the other ones that is true yes so now moving on to some listener submitted questions we have a few good ones here someone asked you do you have a thing about your height because you seem to bring up 6'4 being the perfect height and henry cavill being the perfect height as well even though he is just about the identical height as you so do you have some sort of self-conscious thing about it that kind of leaks through sometimes? No, no, I just thought that he that he was 6'4", and I didn't know that. But I, when I was a volleyball player, I thought 6'4 was a good height. Mm-hmm. And you still kind of just stand by that? It's kind of like your mental... Yeah, because uh, it's not too tall, mm-hmm. but it's, it's tall. It is very tall. Yeah, that is a taller individual. Um, someone asked, do you have... A favorite child, and if so, who is this favorite child of yours? Oh, well, my favorite daughter is Finley. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite? So, so, but what about a favorite son or just a favorite child? Oh period? no, I don't have a favorite. What about any surrogate children of yours? Some that might even identify as a prodigal son. Uh, um, no comment. No. Co- oh, what a shame to hear. We'll just leave that a mystery. Um, someone also asked. 
do you have a sense for when someone is weird? Like, if you see someone and you just oh, yeah. notice, you kind of have a sense for that? The, the weirdest ones are the ones that pretend not to be. That is a very good point. Everybody's weird. Mm-hmm. And do you kind of have a way to almost gauge if they're keeping it behind closed doors or if you almost need to see them unleash it in a little bit do you have kind of a way to gauge that and if so have you ever tried to work with someone to bring out more of their inner strangeness uh no i think i just it doesn't take much and people will be themselves mm-hmm. and it's once they're themselves then we can see their true weirdness mm-hmm. yeah so i I feel like our group around here is pretty comfortable being very strange. And you know, that's a wonderful segue into our next question, which someone asked, have you worked at all, or has it just kind of naturally happened, or what have you done to cultivate the current culture that we have at um, the youth ministry at the church? Because um, in my own personal experience, I can say that it is a place unlike any other. It's a very more relaxed but yet very educated environment if you will somewhere where the strangeness really thrives like no other so has that just been something that's kind of come to you or have you worked in some way to give it that more relaxed feel well i want the important things to be the important things Mm -hmm. and i want people to feel welcome and comfortable to be themselves and to know the truth Mm -hmm. and yeah so we want to create a certain atmosphere around here that people feel welcome and loved mm-hmm. and want to know more about who Jesus is and follow him, and they can be themselves while they do that. So, Wow, that really is just incredible hearing. So it's been in you trying to focus on that has just kind of developed it into the place that it is now. Well, I think it's always kind of been this way to mm-hmm. some degree. Mm-hmm. Would you say that maybe it's kind of prospered in that nature under uh, your leadership and just seeing how things have unfolded? Hmm, I don't know. I just, I don't try to control it. That's You don't that's try the, to control that's the key. it. If it's I tried to control happened. it, then it wouldn't be what it is. All right, well, that's also another wonderful segue into another question that we got as well, which was, do you at all try to social engineer people to do things that you think would work well for them? Like, you've often been compared to a man with a chessboard trying to move the pieces in their most pleasing manner. And do you ever find yourself in such a scenario? Well, no, I just tell people when I have a plan for their lives. When you, is, yeah. is it very often for you to uh, come up with a plan for people's lives, or is it something oh, that just kind of happens sometimes. unnaturally? It's just when I see something that needs to happen with somebody, I tell them. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I try to be more like, uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, Stan Lee, an observer. I the just, observer? Yeah. Oh, fascinating. I know it was quite interesting when it was revealed that in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which I understand you are a fan of. Uh, I know enough to know that he's an observer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which actually, wow, you are really just making this wonderful. Someone also asked me, between the Marvel movies and the Star Wars movies, which series of films do you prefer? Well, that's a kind of a trick question. Mm-hmm. I'm forever a Star Wars fan first. Yes, yes. But the movies are junk. They really are. Thank you for saying that. At I least feel, the newer ones. I feel, well... 
this could be a separate discussion, I feel like, but none of the movies except for three of the, the originals are the it's that's the originals so you think that the original trilogy is where they peaked yeah that is a very good point in fact i would even argue that a new hope or just as it was plainly called when it came out star wars is the best film ever made period well i think it's i i, I think everybody has to agree that the empire strikes back is the best i would say that it is in terms of just an actual movie, well, I would maybe debate one other, but it has so many flaws that it's kind of hard to look past. Yeah. But I would, yeah, say that The Empire Strikes Best is, but in terms of the most influence and just, I think, the most well-rounded, I Ag- think A New Hope agreed. is by far the most best one to ever yeah. be made. Yeah. Agreed. So you would definitely say that you have a special place in your st- in your heart for the Star Wars yeah. movies, even though the Marvel ones are just... Much better. Much better. Interesting. And the best things about the Star Wars things these days is the same guy that's involved in the Marvel stuff. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So, is a film actually another one of your hobbies, then, or something that interests you? Is just movies in general, or is it just kind of more of a nah, no. fleeting interest of yeah. yours? So then what hobbies do you mostly consist of? Or what do you like to do in oh, your free time to help you maybe relax? I don't have any free time. You don't have watch any free time. Survivor every now and then. Survivor, really? Do you yeah. have any favorite contestants? Oh, no, no. I think so. I'm a big fan of Boston Rob. Personally. Oh, well, of course, you know. He's just very entertaining. Yeah. He's got. He thinks of things in ways that about social do. engineering. Oh yeah, he's definitely read uh, various works of Kevin Mitnick. I'm sure. I'm. I don't think he has. I think he's just naturally he's, born. He's just born that yeah. way. And that is a very good point. I mean, he he really he does have a way with and, it. Yeah, he knows what to do. Mm-hmm. He could probably go into consulting for it, I'm yeah. sure. That's very interesting. So what about Survivor is interesting to you? Is it like a similar thing in how you like observing members of the church and everything and that you just like seeing how people interact with one another? Yeah, that is a very interesting part of it, seeing how those people out there interact because... In some ways, it's all fabricated because they're all trying to win this game. But mm-hmm. in, in a lot of ways, they're being who they really are. Mm-hmm. It's just in a different way. It's would, amplified. Would you ever consider going on Survivor? No. Why not? I don't want to be gone for that long. There's a million dollars at stake as well, though. I feel like maybe you could retire off uh, of that. After taxes, though. That's still quite a bit of money that you could use to retire if you invested it properly. Yeah, but... Your good friend Dave Ramsey could help out with that. I don't know him. That's a very good thing that you don't. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, it's too long to be gone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do you feel like maybe you would be good at it, given your skill set of observing and processing information? Uh, It's anybody's guess. It's just anybody's guess. It's a, there's too many variables. There really is. Well, thank you so much for giving me this uh, time with you, Matthew. It's been really wonderful sitting down here and uh, talking with you today. I don't want to take up too much of your time now, but it's been very enjoyable, and I'm glad to, that we were able to get in there and just pick around in your mind just My a little pleasure. bit. My pleasure. It's been wonderful having you, and we'll see you next time on The Peculiar People.